What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Nostalgic Plays. I'm your host, Alex, aka Splash Bandicoot, and back with an and back in another episode is my fellow co-host, is Mister Powers. Uh, it's Austin Tanner back. Uh, welcome to join the show and uh, talk about another fun subject today. Oh yeah. Oh yes. We're here back in another. Here back for another great episode for you audiences and the new listeners. Welcome. We're here to talk about the past memories and even the current topic. So right now, and uh, I just like to say first is uh, I'm glad that sports is back. Uh, it's been gone way too long. Uh, baseball finally starting and NBA is going to start soon. So. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice to see the the sports live again, and uh, you know, even though the stadiums are empty, it's still good to see some live sporting events. Oh yeah, major facts right there, and just excited that you know times are tough, but you know, and the withdrawal was real. I mean, watching too many flashbacks and playing too many video games, man, it was <laughs> good to see something live and finally can enjoy something enjoyable to everybody. And with NFL uh, training camp on the way and NHL playoffs as well starting. Uh, it is a good time right now to first switch of gears, man. And so today's episode with the NFL training camp coming up and new season, we're here to talk about what franchise quarterbacks. So we're going to start this off by asking, I'm going to ask you, Austin, uh, what is what are some of the things you would look at in drafting a franchise quarterback? You have one of the top picks. You're looking at – you need a new quarterback. Um, so the GM of the quarterbacks – or GM of a sporting team is, is the, the main factor in deciding who is going to be the, the team's next quarterback, say they have a top pick. And that's essentially the CEO of a company. And as a CEO of the company, you want to pick someone that – you have ultimate trust in and almost who you see yourself in. So if I'm picking a quarterback, I want to, I want to pick someone who, you know, reminds me of myself and someone who I can trust. And the quarterback is going to be the leader of your team, your franchise. So you want someone who is always going to be there with a positive attitude and good mentality through the tough and the good times. So you want to look for someone who, is is really strong mentally and obviously you also want someone who's going to be a really good quarterback on the field so you're going to look for you know an athletic quarterback I think that's an important in today's game you want to look with someone with a high IQ I mean you see the the great quarterbacks of recent time who are retiring Mm -hmm. now the Drew Breeses the Aaron Rodgers you know these guys Mm -hmm. necessarily aren't the most athletic guys they're not Lamar Jackson's but they have very smart IQ. They know when to step up in the pocket. They know when to throw the ball away. So when I look for a franchise quarterback, I'm looking for a strong leader, and I'm looking for someone who's got a, a good IQ. You don't even have to be the most talented guy out there, but if you're smart with the ball, you know, you're going to win a lot of football games. Right, right. And just going off that, you know, uh, my personal opinion on what to look for in a, in a franchise quarterback, I'm – uh, kind of like similar to yours. I want a guy who can, quarterback that can read the defense. His IQ. He's got to look at what the def the blitz package. What uh, what 
Uh, what's the personnel? The nickel dime package? Uh, are they blitzing? Where the safety is? Uh, does he know where to hide? And you also want to look at his play, like in in college, like what uh, what is his uh competition? Who did he go against? How well did he do against them? And also, he just gotta has to. He's just gotta have that poise, like wanting to be better and finding ways to improve and wanting to to help the team grow and guide them to the promised land that which every team would want in drafting a, a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, you know, it's like, and you want a guy who, and you want a quarterback who's going to be the leader, you know, he's going to be the first to come last to leave. Yeah. That, I think that's a, a great way to put it. You know, from what you said at the start, I think a, a trip on your shoulder, you know, having some type of edge that can take you above right. competition. I think that's a really big thing, you know, always trying to get better, always trying to progress is such an important thing in sports because if you're trying to just stick with the same same old routine, you know, you're never going to get better. You're never going to, you know, try to beat these defenses in right. different ways. Yeah, it's sometimes though, you know, it and uh, even though it's important, you know, as far as arm strength and arm accuracy, yes, it's good to see it, but it's not always going to be the whole narrative. I think some scouts – fall in love too much of that, you know, the athleticism, the speed, arm strength, the accuracy, because sometimes that that could be very misleading because, you know, how many quarterbacks have we seen with great rocket arms but can't, but, you know, can't hit, but can't hit jack, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when I look for a quarterback, you kind of want to look at the things you can't teach, you know, the right. IQs, the decision-making, like, you know, when it comes to the accuracy or, you know, maybe if you need to do something to work hard, like if you have the uh, the mentality and you see this guy that, that really wants to work hard, maybe he's not quite there yet, maybe not as talented as some other guys, but mm-hmm. he's got the right mindset. You know, I'd rather have a guy like that who, you know, is there mentally and you could teach it than maybe a guy who's maybe all talented, but maybe isn't the best decision maker. I mean, I like to point out like a Jameis Winston. The guy is very talented. And I mean, I think he's his skill set may, may be top five in the uh, NFL with, you know, quarterback arm and, you know, his skill set. But he's not the greatest decision maker. And it is very hard to, to make someone change the decisions that they make in that split second that they have the ball. I mean, you only have a few seconds to make the decision. So he might throw a lot of touchdowns, but he's also going to hurt the team. So when I look for a quarterback, I want a guy who – I, I can, you know, teach to do some of these things that are able to progress over time, but has that good foundation that you're able to teach. Yeah, major facts. And it and it all comes down to growth and development. And you got to – and as a GM, you got you also got to find the right coach and the right and the right offensive-minded, whether it's a, the head coach himself or an offensive coordinator or quarterback coach, which I think that's the most important part of – quarterback development is the quarterback's coach because they're with them day in and day out and they're the ones who who is trying to teach them trying to get the best out of them and they and that's why you see so many quarterbacks have such great relationships with their uh, position coach because they were with them from the jump and even and even more so there's great respect when they move up to the offensive coordinator because they know the their strengths and weaknesses so so that's what it is going to boil down to. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree that that's another factor when you're picking a quarterback is how is he going to fit in your offense? How is he going to fit with your, mm-hmm. your coordinator and different coaches? Like, I think it's such a big thing. I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes. You get Andy Reid as a coach, and you explode in your, you know, what is it, third season on the mm-hmm. team. Like, it's unbelievable the, the impact a coach can have on a player's success. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we know and Pat Mahomes was placed right in a perfect setting. You know, you know, Candy Reed is is a quarterback guru when it comes to this, and and uh, it nothing became more evident than when he switched with Alex Smith for Pat Mahomes, and that worked out. And you know, and sometimes quarterbacks do get most of the blame. So when, especially when it comes to a lot of offensive, the right offensive changes, because look what happened with Alex Smith. I mean, the first eight years, he had eight different offensive coordinators. So it was hurting his growth. And once he started finding the right offense, you know, when Jim Harbaugh was coaching the Niners, uh, you know, it worked out for Smith. He was – you started to see the best of Smith coming out of him. And even his best years in KC before uh, before his errors – before um, before Pat Mahomes came in. And then he was even playing well with the Redskins before that un- unfortunate uh, injury that happened to him. Yeah, I mean, I think Alex Smith is kind of one of those guys that I would love to draft. You know, he's not maybe the most talented guy, but he's a very smart quarterback. He's He, he listens to his coaches. He's easily, mm-hmm. you know, learn, learn. And, I mean, every team he's been on, he's been very successful. And, you know, he's got a good supporting cast around him. But, you know, he's just a very high IQ guy, and he knows mm-hmm. where, what he needs to do on each play. Oh, yes, exactly. I mean – and he does not – and, you know, he overcame uh, every every obstacle that that the football life has ever thrown at him. So that's so that's a, a guy like him is so hard to, to find. And, you know, and, you know, one of the things – and one of the things I would like to ask is, what is that one red flag that you would have – what is that one problem you would have into drafting a quarterback? Like, you, you like this guy, but there's something wrong – like off about him like what do you like what do you see that you sit you thinking nah I don't think we should look into this guy or I don't know about him uh I would say that there's probably multiple things I would say passion of the game are you committed to being the best at your position I think that has a lot to do with it. I think confidence is a big thing. I don't want someone who's not confident that they can bring their best um, game every every uh, week on the table. And I think there there's a lot of different intangibles. I, I wouldn't want to point it down to just one, but again, I just want someone who's confident that they're going to play their best every week, is eager to learn, mm-hmm. and does not does not is not too cocky that. You know, they, right. they don't need to practice or things like that. True, true. Yeah. And I also look oh I also look at uh playing experience. You know, year starters. You know, were you a you know, what did you do? And also you gotta look at the draft interview, like how he acts. Because like one of the prime examples would be like that ninety eight draft with uh Peyton Manning and this other quarterback you may not heard of, uh Ryan Leaf. Yeah, I mean Ryan Leaf, who's arguably the biggest draft bust of all time, uh, the biggest red flag, and I think a lot of people could tell you that they were blinded by it or just didn't pay no attention to. 
he literally told the the Chargers what he would do if he got drafted by the if he were to get drafted and he literally went through with it. He would hang out he would go to Vegas the next day, get drunk. <laughs> That's a true story. He literally did that. And then what happens? He goes <laughs> he go he shows up to the he shows up to the press conference hungover. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's why I think when, you, when you're drafting a quarterback, you got to look at his personality. You know, what's some of the habits that he picks up? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want a party a party guy like, you know, maybe like a Baker Mayfield or, uh, you know, one of these young college guys? Or do you want someone with a really good, humble personality like the Patrick Mahomes, the Deshaun Watsons of the world? You know, Peyton You really got to look at that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or unless you're Ryan Pace who is blinded by – Drafting a quarterback who only started one year at a basketball school. At, well, well, why do you think that Ryan Pace took Trubisky over the other two guys? Well, what's your analysis on that? He, man, who man, put me on the spot. You know what? One of the answers was. Uh, was he liked Trubisky because of a because Trubisky was driving a used ninety seven uh, Toyota Camry, which so I was, he made he made his decision over a car, but basically, and he I guess he saw some relatable something relatable to to Mitch, and I don't know why because. He first of all he played in a basketball school, and the you know football program in North Carolina isn't all too hot, and he played against in against his equal competition. He had uneventful games. He had an unav- he had a bad month in November, which was the last month of college football season, and played poorly in the bowl game that Ryan Pace was at, and. And so why why did you see growth and development? I cannot figure the life of me what did where, where did he see the positives in seeing some uneventful games whereas Watson when he played in college against in Clemson the two games he went against Alabama in the championship he held his own he threw well over 350 yards in both games one of which included winning the championship. And then Mahomes, you know, had raw talent. And Mahomes and Watson also had a two was were also two year starters. Maybe three. To whereas Trubisky was only a one year starter. And you can't really base any you can't really analyze much about about one year starters. They have to do something very impressive. Like blow up the scene, like Cam Noon. Cam Noon was a one-year starter at Auburn. Yep. And you know he was winning the Heisman. He was winning. He was beating the best competition, the SEC, which is arguably the best conference in all of college football, and won a national championship. So of course he, there was nothing for him to, to prove other than, and he. And everything, and he was being a hot commodity in the draft. So that's why it worked out for him. And even in the NFL, having a successful career, I wouldn't say great, but successful, got an MVP, 
led his team to yep. the Super Bowl. Hopefully. Yeah, let let me ask you this. I want to go back to the Trubisky topic. Um, you know, from what I what I read on a few different resources, I heard that race had an impact on may have had an impact on Ryan Pace's decision. You know, knowing what we know that Watson was a little bit more successful in college than Trubisky was. He was a little bit more NFL polished than Trubisky was. He had better success on the big stage than Trubisky does. That the the narrative that the black quarterback isn't a great passer. He's more of a runner, you know, the Michael Vicks mm-hmm. of the world. That do you think that race had an impact that, hey, this white guy, maybe he didn't have a great college career as as the black guy, but you know, he's got a better chance to maybe have a better arm in the NFL than say the Watsons or the Mahomes. Do you think that had an impact on his decision? Um I try to be careful when it comes to that topic because I because especially during this time where everybody can get so jumpy. Mixed opinions. Yeah, mixed opinions. But it's hard for me to say no, but I don't think – but at the same time, I don't think it's a coincidence that, yeah, better quarterbacks that were right there for the pick and you, went, you picked a guy that really wasn't that good and the two better prospects were black and the, other, and the guy you picked was white. It's hard to look at that, and for people to say Bears don't don't want to draft a black quarterback, they hired a black coach, and you know Lovey Smith. So, so take that. So take that for for what it's worth. And to me, and to me, uh, I don't. I I just could never under, fully understand it. And I think, and the thing with Mahomes is Mahomes at his college, Texas Tech University, Texas Tech football has always been known to have a, a pass happy offense. And most quarterbacks at Texas Tech were white. I could be yeah. wrong. I could be wrong. But yeah, I, I, I'm hoping, I'm assuming there were a few, quite a few black quarterbacks too there, but they were, but. Nonetheless, most of them, all quarterbacks, were putting up 5,000 yards per season easily. And so that's why, like, a lot of people had problems with Mahomes. He's coming from a, a pass-happy offense, but, you know, quarterbacks never quite had the career in the NFL for one reason or another. So I could see with Mahomes' aspect. Now, when it comes to Watson and Trubisky, now, I don't know why they were saying it, but... Most of the scouts, you know, who like Mike Mayock, Mel, Mel Kiper Jr., they were listed. They did put Trubisky over those two. And if you ask me, any GM worth anything knows if you have those three available, you know Watson or you know you're you're coin flipping from Watson or Mahomes. And if you were to and, and put it to you this way, if you block, if you block all their names out. And you read the scouting report, you and you're only going based off that. Trubisky would not be looked at twice, and any Trubisky supporters that wherever that's left, <laughs> and those who wants to and those who wants to argue with me outside of this, uh, argue me whether on my tech, whether on my phone or on my social media, go. You're more than welcome to, but. 
<laughs> you would not look at, but you would not look at Trubisky too many times. You would not look at Trubisky scouting report. You're you're going to look at either Watson or Mahomes. So that's all I'm leaving it as. And I think with uh, Ryan Pace, he was so hell bent on getting Trubisky. He was just humbleness, but you know. I don't think, but I think the changes started happening when Trubisky wasn't well, well wasn't his welcome wasn't well received in, in Chicago. His first, you know, his first day in the city, like the when he was at the the Bull Celtics game, the day after he got drafted. So, and you can see how displeased he was. So, I think his quiet personality, you know, kind of a. Uh, I guess it kind of rubbed people off the wrong way. And he took it, and Ryan, to me, Ryan Pace took it as a humbleness. So to to uh, so so that's what I think what uh, Pace saw in uh, Trubisky. Jeff, what's your take on this? And a lot of mixed opinions. That's, that's just putting that out there. Like, honestly, it all comes, when, when you're looking at franchise quarterbacks, like, I think, Ryan Pace was only looking at the his skill set. He wasn't looking at uh, leadership. He wasn't looking at the contributions he would bring to the Bears long term. He was probably just looking at his individual personality traits when when he played uh, football in college, if anything. And you know what? And another thing too is. Pace did a horrible job at how he handled this matter. Like as far as drafting, who to draft. He, okay. If you only saw one play of Deshaun Watson in college, congratulations. You saw more of Watson in college than Pace ever did. And to me, he did a, you know, how did you not look at, look at Watson when, when this, when even when John Fox, you you only send your head coach over there, and yes, say what you will about John Fox. All right, I know, I know. What, what team is he coach? The he Bears. coached the Bears before this. Okay. Yes, yes. So as I was saying, John Fox, he even told Pace, "You got to look at Watson. This guy has it." You know he has the traits to be a franchise quarterback, and and you know and he didn't even give Watson an interview. Didn't didn't invite him out to dinner, but he invited out to Trubisky to dinner, and only interviewed uh, Mahomes more than once. I mean, it was like, what? What? I mean, come on. Yeah, it's it's very disrespectful to these guys, you know, because. You know, they deserve their first shot, especially because everyone knew the Bears were taking – they're going to be the first team to take a quarterback in that mm-hmm. draft. And, you know, you got to look at all three guys instead of just being, like you said, hell-bent on picking this guy well before interviewing the other two guys because you're not going to get a good picture of them. Yeah, I mean, he just had a tunnel vision. He took out the more research, honestly, on each quarterback. Before just going he, blind, he, he was too in love with him. He goes to a Sun Bowl game, and and if my stat if my stats are correctly, in the Sun Bowl game that uh, Trubisky played in 2016, he was 
14 of 24, under 200 yards and two interceptions. Did they win this game or he lost that game? Of course they lost. Okay. So, and he said he saw growth and development. How did you see growth and development? And also taking the consideration that the quarterback that started before him the year prior was was eleven and two and was and was in the better half of the offense as far as the evolve of all the division of FBS. And then Mr. Trubisky had the same weapons as the previous year. Same receiving core. The whole receivers, the tight end, I don't know about the running backs, and almost the same offensive line. And that and they reg- and they regressed. So what so what is it that do, so what kind of growth and development you see the growth of destroying a team i mean it's it sounds like Brian Pace made more of an emotional decision than he made an educated decision because any well educated person would have realized that Watson was a lot better in college he was he was a lot more n f l polished he was a better mm. decision maker he was more confident i mean so it just seems like you know, he fell in love with this guy, you know, no matter mm-hmm. what the reasons were made have been for, and he made a very poor GM move. Yeah, well, like I said, any – well, hell, any GM worth anything could tell you that, and anybody with common sense could even say the same thing. And so and so, I just could never – and I'm just completely baffled by it. And, and you know, and – now you're drafting a guy who, you know, number two pick. And we all know if you're a top 10 NFL, if you're a quarterback drafted in the top 10, you know, look at the expectations that come with it. Exactly. Well, let me ask you this so we can stay on subject here. What right. do you what do you both of you guys think makes Trubisky such a, a, a poor um, early draft pick? Like what are some of the things that he does poorly that you don't want in a quarterback? Horrible decision-making, for one. He doesn't think before he passes. He doesn't read the the defense setup. Yeah. Um, just going off like he said, uh, G, you know, he has the only – he has his eyes locked on one, court, on one receiver, and he overthinks a play, and, and he – and when things go bad, I mean, he, he gets rattled too quickly, and – that's just to me, you know, not a good quarterback. And you know, and for anyone to say, "Oh, he's a good guy," and all, I go, hey, "Well, no one gives a shit about your morals." <laughs> if you're, can you if get you're the a, job done? He needs a better yeah, mentality yeah, going into yeah, his game. Like, if you need, like, I, I don't care about his morals. I care about him winning games. I'll deal with his morals. Like, come on. Uh, I just don't, I just don't get like how you're trying to let him off the hook. I go, and I understand the coach has has a lot to do with uh, stunning his growth a bit. So I will not. So as much as I like to roast him and, and like to say and point the finger at him, I'm not gonna put it all on him, quite honestly, because I know yeah. that that Matt Nagy is not. This system is not for Trubisky, if I'm being a hundred percent honest. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the things is Trubisky came in 
as a not NFL ready quarterback. And he was put in a very bad situation. I mean, he had Mike Glennon, who was just a terrible quarterback to shadow him. And Mike Glennon got pulled after how many games and Trubisky came in with his best weapon being a third or fourth receiver. I mean, he was put in a very bad situation. And if you, you know, combine that with a quarterback who is not, did not look confident from day one, who yeah. missed open receivers on a daily basis. I mean, it was just a, not a match made in heaven. And, you know, he just not, didn't have time to develop any skills that he might've had. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. And, and if I didn't know any better, it just seemed like uh, pace was setting him, setting him up to fail. And it, it just feels like that whole Josh Rosen situation, like how what the Cardinals did to him and even the, what the Dolphins are doing. I mean, they're just, you know, letting him rot. And he was like the – and he was a first-round pick. And then, you know, what the Cardinals do, drafted Murray because the coach – He's able, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is able to coach Kyler Murray's style of play than than Rosen. Rosen gets traded to Miami, and Miami was in the tanking phase, and they didn't even bother using Rosen. So, so I I just feel like what the what if I didn't know any like I said if I didn't know any better, I think Pace uh, set him up for failure. You know, much like what happens is Rosen, and hopefully Rosen gets a fair chance to go to an offense where he can finally grow and see, and see if he gets the the fair chance that he he does he more than deserves. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up Josh Rosen because it, it seems like nowadays that a lot of these GMs are just taking players without like doing their proper research. I mean, how do you draft a guy? Say, hey, this is going to be my guy. And then the next year be like, oh, no, 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 I want a different guy, you know, with the Kyler Murray situation. Like, you know, you, you got to look at a guy and be like, I like this guy. I think he's a good, confident quarterback who's going to get better with, with time, and he's going to be my quarterback in the next 20 years. It seems like GMs are just taking any guys. Like, where's this research going on with, you know, picking guys that you have that have good traits and that you think is going to be the future of your organization? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, like I said, like we talked about, it all depends on what kind of schemes and kind of offenses you want, you know, in, you know, who you can coach and, and Josh Rosen got, got the short end of the stick, both in, both in Miami and uh, Arizona. And I just don't, and what just doesn't make sense is your job, your job is to develop a young quarterback. And that's what hurts some of them is not that you, it's not that sometimes you're not the quarterback might not be very good. It's it's the you know being being tossed in different being thrown around uh, of the league and not giving you not giving a fair chance. And sometimes the it's the dysfunctional of the franchise. So so guys like Rosen always gets the too much gets too much of the criticism of oh he wasn't a good quarterback. Well, he only played like. I don't know how many games he has played so far in the two years, but it hasn't been all too much. He hasn't had a chance to develop, to to get any kind of rhythm going. So how are you going to justify that? And he, and somebody's got to give him a fair chance. I mean, a team that's willing to, if you're not, especially if you're not a very good team. So 
he, he so he really needs that fair chance. I, I really hope he gets he gets the uh, gets the break he deserves because because uh, I, I that's that's just my my personal opinion. Yeah, the quarterback himself has only played twenty. He's only played twenty games so far. He's mm-hmm. he has trash statistics. Yeah, I mean, I like. Not like the Jamarcus Russell case, Mark- you know, like Jamarcus Russell, the biggest draft bust in NFL history. What's this? Story? I mean, lazy. He just want you know back then, you know, like uh, back then, uh, quarter uh, first picks used to get big contracts. Their contracts was as much as any starter, and so with him, he all he did was just collected paychecks, and there's, and. You know, never learned the never learned the playbook. He just he wanted to do, showed up. He wanted to do his. He wanted to uh, run the offense his way. Not really. No, he was just lazy. He was too lazy to do that. <laughs> he just showed up, got fat, lazy. That says a lot about then, a quarterback. <laughs> yep. I mean, he showed up. I mean, he was already big. He was like a size of a tight end, and he in one training camp. He showed up like being as big as the offensive lineman. That doesn't make any sense for a quarterback, man. Yeah, and uh, and listen, he he was going through a lot, but still, and what doesn't help is, you know, he his accuracy was bad, and also there was a story that the that the team, I think the offense, one of the, I think it was an offensive coordinator. Gave him a, a DVD to look over the scouting defense, and the next day he said he read all the blitz packages and coverage, and it was a blank DVD. He straight up lied to him. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, that's cold. Like, yeah, like, damn, that was a good lie, but that was a good lie, but yeah, not good enough. <laughs> So, and then you know, so so when it comes to quarterbacks, and so you know, so when you just, so young quarterbacks out there, if you know they're giving you a blank DVD, just say <laughs> it was blank. Yeah. <laughs> don't try to Better don't try to say sorry. right. Don't try to say oh well he was running a cover three and then they were running a a, a quarterback spy with a left out left outside linebacker. Yeah, most definitely. They have to really take into consideration what the yeah. coaches or any any person that works the the team with them gives. And, <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing with the young quarterbacks. Here's the thing with like later quarterbacks is that uh, is that they have more time to develop. Most definitely. You know they got more time on them to learn, to learn the offense, and they're able to do everything else in between. That's why you see guys like Dak Prescott, who I say serviceable. I wouldn't say great, but serviceable. And then even like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Hall of Famers, Russell but they Wilson. weren't. For, yeah, they weren't first round picks. Philip, what about uh, Philip Rivers? He was a fifth pick. Fifth pick. Yeah, he was a fifth pick by the Giants, but they traded him for Eli. Guess how that went? Probably downhill. 
If downhill, you mean Super Bowl wins oh. for Eli? Yes. Oh. Rivers had a good. He had a good career. It's just that it never. A lot of things. You know, we talked about Chargers in the mid two thousands. Forgotten team. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the coach Marty Schottenheimer and even North Turner, the head coaches of that era, didn't have enough uh, potential. Did. No, they had potential. They just didn't have. They just weren't good coaches. They just kept botching up the mistakes. So, what about and, um, uh, Roethlisberger? Ben Roethlisberger. He was a first round pick. Yeah. Same year as Eli and Rivers. So, and you know what? One thing is like a debate is: is Eli a bust, or is he successful first first overall pick? Because he won two Super Bowls, but he he's had a lot of bad seasons in between. But you do know he's a top ten in passing yards and passing touchdowns. That is crazy. He still holds so, the record, or somebody already passed him. Like- he's top. No, he's in the top ten in passing yards and touchdowns. Okay. So, so, so he's actually better than what people give him credit for. Yeah, his 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 numbers look pretty good, but I mean, if you remember Eli over the course of the years, like outside of his two Super Bowl years, I don't think you'd ever really consider him an elite quarterback. Like he was never in the conversation with like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers type no. guys. He was at best second tier. Yeah, second tier is good. Yeah, but it, it was his second Super Bowl. He was flirting with five thousand yards. <laughs> He was flirting with it, so. But like you said, he wasn't considered a top tier like the Breeze, the Rodgers, and Brady. But and you know we were just talking about uh, having a you know the later round quarterbacks. You know they have more time to develop and look at the results of like the Brady and the Breeze, who weren't first round materials, but are but are Hall of Fame worthy type players. Yeah. That is very true. Yeah, I think even wasn't Tom Brady. He was he was later, right? Like sixth round. That's not how you could find the the diamond in the roughs. Oh yeah, draft picks are very valuable in the NFL. And that, and so and like I, and I was telling Jeff, the reason why we saw so um, great developments in in the later rounds. Sometimes it's they have more time to develop and there's less pressure on them. Absolutely. They so there's more to focus on the on the playbook and and they and they you know they're more prepared for the big break. I just think of uh Matthew Stafford, man. He was a first pick. No, like in terms of like um his passing his passing yards, how good he was and still and to start what what do you so I mean he was a first pick so what so what's the no I'm just saying like how he's uh he's viewed as one of the well in an article I found in 28th and he's like one of the one of the top ten fan one of the top ten franchise quarterbacks out there uh. He's never won a play- yep. he's never won a playoff game. I don't think I'd ever put him in that conversation. Yeah, that's what the I mean. His team put him in. I mean, his is it all? Well, here's the thing: it's not all his fault because he's never he was because you know the Lions. So 
that's all you need to know. The Lions. Yeah, they're not a promising team. They, when were when were they ever promising? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember anyone saying, "Watch out for the Detroit Lions. They're going. To, they're going. This is the year they're going to the Super Bowl." Man, the Bears always bust them. <laughs> any That's team. not saying much. Yeah. That's not well, like in much. any team, any team in general would always like beat them by twenty points. Them and the Browns. Hmm. Well, we'll see about the Browns. This could. We'll see about the Browns. I ho- you know, let's see if Baker Mayfield can come back and and play like the the, the rookie Mayfield or yeah. better than the rookie Mayfield because you know he just got a you know the thing is you got your ego cannot be that big to start off with. All right, you gotta you know I hope this is a a, a learning this is a year where like. Mayfield could say, "All right, not a good year, you know, a sophomore slump. Let's get back." Yeah, I hope he, you know, I hope he starts. Uh, he starts off uh, better. Yeah, I mean, I hundred percent agree. You know, going back to the subject of you know the the traits mm-hmm. in a uh, quarterback, I think it actually mm-hmm. starts with the the head people at the organization, like the traits of them. Are they confident in their ability to get their job done? You know, as a Bears mm-hmm. GM, Bears have never had a good quarterback. So do you have confidence you can get a good quarterback? Probably not. So you just pick the first guy that pops in your head, which is why we didn't do our analytical work. And, you know, with the Browns, for instance, you know, they, they keep getting these guys with big egos, you know, the Odell Beckham's, the Baker Mayfield's, while teams are trying to get rid of them. So I think the way your organization run has a big impact on the type of quarterback you go after type of players you go after. So, I mean, it definitely starts at the top of the head with the, you know, the owners of the team, the GMs, and how successful you are picking and drafting players. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, that's why sometimes it's never the quarterback's fault for for not – for being uneventful. And, you know, that's why I talked about, like, with uh, Alex Smith in his first – in his first uh, eight years – it wasn't that he wasn't any good of a quarterback. For all we know, he could have been a lot better than given credit to if if they had better coaching. Because the, cause the franchise was very dysfunctional. Uh, they had no sense of direction and yeah. a lot of ownership changes. So there was a lot, a lot going on that was out of Alex Smith's control. And when you're, and when you're uh, changing offensive coordinators – year in and year out, you know, you're having a hard time developing. And this is why I'd say, this is why I say Jay Cutler gets too much of the blame for what happened with the bears. Uh, not everything was his fault. I mean, you had four or five different offensive coordinators and you weren't surrounded with any good talent. I mean, and not, I mean, having, at best, a mediocre offensive line. No good. No good uh, receivers. I mean, the best receivers he had was were Brandon Marshall and, as I loosely say it, Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, I mean, I think that, and that's how the Bears were have always been. Is their their defensive team? They don't know squat about offense, and it's going to take a while for them to figure things out. I mean, 
you know, two years ago when they actually had a like a decent offensive team, people were like, wow, this might be the best Bears offense ever. And really, to most teams, that's just an average offense. So the way that you're built has a big impact on the type of guys you draft. But let's but let but let's also be honest here. Uh, nowadays, you don't really need a balanced offense or defense. You just need the other side to be good enough to win, which is uh, very sad. And of, of course, salary cap has a lot to do with it. This is true. You know, I I would like to bring up. I would say. Uh, to wrap to wrap up my conversation on this is mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, teams that spend a lot of money on quarterbacks, yeah. you know, get, that get these high profile guys, they don't mm-hmm. usually win the Super Bowl. I mean, I think I read the stat: if you spend over twenty percent of your uh, salary cap on a quarterback, a team's never won like that. You know, the 49ers were actually the closest last year with uh, Garoppolo. I believe he has like twenty one percent of the team's cap. I could be off by a little bit, but so it seems like. You know, to win a championship, it's not really all about the quarterback or spending money on the quarterbacks. It's about having that good team foundation, the good char- characteristics around the mm-hmm. organization. So, you know, I think to say quarterbacks have, you know, the biggest impact is is probably okay, but like it takes a lot more than just a, a good quarterback leader to a win a championship. Game. A running yeah. game. There's so much that goes involved yeah. into it. Yeah. I mean, if you really look at it, like John Elway, before John Elway won two Super Bowls, he made it – the first three he was in, he lost them. Not only they lost, but he got beaten. Mm-hmm. So, and is it a coincidence when you gave him a running game that he, he won the two Super Bowls? One of which was when Terrell Davis, an M- a Hall of Famer, and he himself, and he was also an MVP in one of those seasons. Exactly. So, yeah. So, it, so here's the thing: quarterbacks get way too much of the glory, but gets too much of the blame. It's a team game, and you know you just gotta re- go off of your your schemes, and he he just and. Nowadays, you just want your quarterback to be serviceable because sometimes the way people overhype the quarterbacks, it, it sometimes takes away the credit from the other guys, the offensive line, you know, who's doing the dirty work, protecting the quarterback, making holes for the running back, and also the defense, to, you know, who keeps other teams from scoring because at the end of the day, you need to score more points than the other team, even if it's, even if it's low. Yeah, I mean – Think about it. I mean, people people say, "Oh, if you have a good quarterback, you're going to compete, be competitive every year." Look at Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. They've each won one Super Bowl. I mean, have they can be competitive? Yeah, but like they've only won one Super Bowl. There's teams with mm-hmm. worse quarterbacks that have won more than that. Like, so mm-hmm. it it takes more than uh you know just your quarterback to win a championship. I mean, look at the uh, the Titans of last year. They had a great all around team with a mediocre quarterback, and they went to the the conference finals. Like. It, it takes more than just having an elite quarterback to to get the job done. Yeah, it just – you got to be – yeah. Look, you just need him to be serviceable or just not to suck. I mean, look at uh, uh, Tannehill, like you said. Tannehill didn't do all too great at, in the Baltimore – in the beatdown against Baltimore. He – but he did put up – he did make the plays they need him to 
to make sure that they were going to win that game. So you are 100% right. And and just like that, uh, you guys got any final word on, on today's episode? We should have drafted Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> and how promising future seasons would have been if we had that guy. Or Watson. Or Watson. What about, Either of them what with our Garoppolo? defense. <laughs> the Chicago kids. Yeah, yeah. Just remember, if you just remember. What was that? Looks like uh, our host is gone. Oh, no, I'm back. Yeah, you, you kind yeah. of. Yeah, sorry. Um, as my final word, remember, kids, if you're ever doing, if you're ever playing Madden in franchise mode and you're drafting a quarterback, make sure you read the whole thing and don't just randomly pick like I think how Ryan Pace did it. <laughs> don't go blindfolded into it. Do your research, not emotional. Right. It's like going on a date, you know, like, right? You got three potentials. Two of them are way better looking. And he went with the ugliest girl in the building. <laughs> know your worth and shoot for the, and reach for the stars. And just like that, thank you for another great episode of Nostalgic Place. We'll be back again soon. And please follow us on our Instagram page, Nostalgic Place. And see you next time. Later. See you guys. Jazzy Jeff out.